All right, back once again for another installment of the Startwell podcast. Uh, this is Startwell's founder and uh, CEO, Kasim Virgi, coming at you um, live and direct. Although you're probably listening to this on demand, so sorry. Live not, to them. It's live in the moment. <laughs> and yeah, this is the first time maybe you're hearing this, so in a way, it's live. Yep. I'm alive. This is not artificial intelligence at work. Um, but yeah, basically, coming to you from Startwell on King Street West in Toronto, Canada, a hub, a global hub city of all sorts of cool innovation. Yeah, got some gesticulation going on in the studio. I'm joined today uh, by Otto, who is the founder, uh, I guess, CEO of a company called Source. Co-founder. Co-founder. So who's missing from the, the room today? Who's not here? Uh, there's four of us. So me, uh, Alex, Dave, and John. So this is really interesting. I like this because very rarely do we come across these teams as a sort of assumed hierarchy, corporate hierarchy out of the like 80s IBM days or something that uh, people assume startups should subscribe to, which is founder, co-founder, and then everyone else you know, might get a C-suite title <laughs> until you actually have employees, but they don't have a vested interest in the success of the company because there's some hierarchy. So are you all equal partners in the company? Uh, I mean, the equity is split you know, differently right now. Uh, like, I mean, that's private to us, right? sure. like the way we have the split, but uh, it's essentially for us, it was important from the get-go to kind of, as you said, the way we view things is to have kind of like the heads of different key departments uh, or, you know, verticals for the for the, for the company, for the startup, and, and, and have everyone have a vested interest and feel like they're, you know, owning that part of the company and that part of the business uh, so they can, ensure the growth in the future and, and kind of be vested in. And uh, so I guess it must be a very interesting story about how, well, like, let's first talk about what Source is doing, like, at the moment. What is Source? Yeah. And then let's dig back into the little bit of the backstory around how you guys came together and what the what the journey so far has been. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of, we started with one idea, which was, as freelancers and people, you know, we worked with, we had dev shops, we, we were freelancers, we worked with different people across different verticals, different industries, different sizes of companies, but from, you know, other freelancers to large enterprises. And the thing that always, you know, there was always friction points around different productivity applications that everyone would use. And so we thought, what if we could make it that different people could work in different applications and we could collaborate? Uh, without having to, you know, if one person is in, you know, Word, you know, save it as Word file, and then I'm using Google G Docs, I have to open it as Google Docs. Right. What if there was a way of connecting Google Docs and Word and making us, you know, making two people collaborate without having to go through file systems? Uh, and so essentially that's where we started. We, we built, you know, we kind of wanted to build it that just for ourselves. Yep and other freelancers to allow us to collaborate. And, you know, the vision was to kind of go beyond, you know, and start integrating into other applications that freelancers were using. Uh, but then we soon enough realized that really what we were building, it was this unique platform that enabled this interoperability between applications uh, that humans use to create content and information. And so we, 
you know, through a lot of interest from other developers because we developers were asking us, can I integrate this with WordPress? Can I use this for my research science papers? Can I do this for uh, health, uh, you know, ma record management company where doctors just want to edit things in Word and, you know, we want this in our software. And so we realized that the platform is probably the, you know, we decided to shift to that uh, still having Office and G Suite as like our proof of concepts or, right. or, or the, the market, you know, kind of the showing of what the potential of this platform is. Kind of like apps on your platform. Yeah. Uh, but the platform, the back end is what, you know, source is uh, and what and enables. So everyone connects to, you know, every developer out there that wants to develop on top of source, you know, just use SDK, will use SDK's APIs to connect, build applications integrated with source. And those now all that information and they, that they store to source becomes interoperable with all the all the, all the other applications that are connected to source. I have to throw out these two words: uh, decentralization and the blockchain. Yeah, uh, we often like. I mean, I personally like don't talk too much about it, but yeah, this whole thing is also built on uh, distributed technology. So we use a different. Uh, we use a stack of. Uh, our stack is Cosmos, IPFS, uh, and I don't want to get too you know into too many of the uh, sure, yeah. you don't have to get too stack. Technical. Yeah. But uh, essentially, the the other part for us that was critical is to enable what we call trustless collaboration, uh, and that is to you know that's a term from you know the the, the Not blockchain trustless, but trustless. Yeah, trustless. Okay. Meaning that you don't have to know necessarily the other person. Oh, so that is trustless. With yeah. A T. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I was thinking architecturally. It's no, no, trustless. No. That no, means no, no. that there's nothing supporting it. No, no, no. It's trustless. Okay, great. Uh, and meaning that you don't have to necessarily know the other person uh, to in order to collaborate with them. So, and you don't have to necessarily also know you know what other applications they're using because there's no f you know file format necessarily yeah, it's like in our system. And so that's what a lot of the premise behind distributed technologies is, is 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 that trustless, you know, Bitcoin, it's trustless exchange. It's and very interesting though when you look at like, you know, permissions layer stuff that's built into even these first apps that you mentioned, like yeah. the G Suite, the whole thing. I'm always confused with my G Suite trying to figure out who on my organization or otherwise has access to what, you know, once it's assigned, there's no easy way to quickly tell that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a pain in the butt anyway to keep track of. Yeah, and so and for us it was critical, you know, to to give the ownership of the user in information to the users. So we can, you know, blockchain and, and distributed technologies enables that to uh, you know to provide to users. We can't ever see what's anyone storing in the system in the platform. It's always you know everyone uh, private keys. You know it's locked fully to them. Uh, and that's all part of the, you know, that trustless kind of, you know, uh, collaboration uh, side of things where, you know, they, they have, they control access, they're, the users are the only ones that control access to the content that they store and the information that they store. They have, you know, they're the ones that give out the keys. We can't do anything because it's all hashed uh, and securely stored uh, for each user and they can store it and permission it. On, on the layers of the information that they want to share. So they can share one snippet of information, you know, one paragraph, or they can share, or one table, or they can share the entire document, it's up to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's how it's kind of like structured in our in our system. It's a little bit like Lego blocks. So you can like piece them together. And yeah, because like from what I've seen, from what you showed me a few weeks ago or months ago now maybe, yeah. of the kind of like proof of concept app of, I think it was, uh, 
it was Microsoft Office was the example I think Office and G Suite yeah right that was like um, which I thought was brilliant I mean that that the problem that you were solving initially that ended up you know having you build that platform to solve the problem was really interesting this idea of kind of like okay well the two of us let's say plus maybe the fifty people in our organization or whatever. Um, are all having you know different versions of similar documents together and using assets in those that don't necessarily get updated when they update the doc automatically, which means so much wasted time just trying to figure out what's the latest version of a logo, right? Yeah. Or whatever that is, or a table of information. So yeah, Source's first app being the solve for that is really brilliant. The idea of kind of like have a dynamic chunk of information that can be embedded into these things. Yeah, it's. It, it's a little bit of a, of a flip in the mentality of thinking the files are the master, right? You know, and, and making the information the master. And 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 through source, that's kind of like what we do is that that table, that paragraph, becomes the master. And you know, all these different apps, all these different client endpoints connect to it, and they can access it at the same time and collaborate and push and pull from it kind of reducing the need to have, you know, all the different versioning of, uh, you know, files and, and who has Absolutely. what file where because it's one place for that one piece of content that yeah. everyone cares the about. The data in the file is actually that uh, the dynamic and unified kind of yeah. data. It's really interesting because I think on the meta for me, what I connect with on that story is the fact that, like, you know, it's funny, not not a lot of people talk about it these days, but I think it's still, I guess this is the, the whole antithesis of the uh, decentralization movement, but uh, vendor lock-in and, you know, the idea of people are buying into, organizationally or individually, are buying into platforms uh, because they feel that there's either brand equity to them or some vested benefit to using a legacy software platform. Um, whether it's Microsoft Office or whether it's something that's like, you know, natively cloud like G Suite's collaboration suite or you're using open office or some you know yeah. distribution of that open format ODF or whatever document format um, it's really funny because I think this is where we're going is that like all of those encasements for even files are becoming less relevant as people are building tools to make them uh, relate to each other uh, the thing like the open open document formats are really brilliant, and, uh, and and this will solve the next bit of the problem, which is, you know, as these systems become legacy systems for managing documents, and documents become hopefully irrelevant as we move into this cloud-focused, you know, live updated world, um, yeah, I think this is a real big piece yeah, of it. The way I see some of this is, is like, files are a legacy of, like, the, the centralized world. Yeah, uh, older information that the companies are using to create a moat and, and build stickiness around their, you know, platforms. So Office, you know, you can't open it in anything but Office and Adobe and all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. And and that, it's kind of like, I read an interesting article recently uh, where they were comparing, like, uh, monarchies to then uh, democracy mm -hmm. and how that's, uh, sorry, to capitalism and then how that spurred you know, innovation and, and companies that grew. Well, I look at like Office file formats because I think I read recently that it's like 88% of the market is Office in America. Yeah, it's like Windows, you know. This, yeah, this is the whole and thing. so that's kind of like a monarchy where it's like, you know, you have to play nice with them. Otherwise, you know, you can't really develop. Every de Anyone that wants to develop anything has to like play nice with whatever they sure. decide to do. Sure. Well, you know, what we're trying to kind of do is democratize and, and, and open up the market with information 
uh, allowing any developer to build any kind of new application and not have to worry about, oh, how do I make sure that it plays nice with Microsoft Office file mm -hmm. formats mm -hmm. or Google file formats? Uh, we've spoken to a lot of companies, I mean, I don't want to name them, uh, where you know they told us like they want to be you know kind of like BYOD, but yeah. they call it BYOS, like bringing on software. Of course. And allowing their employees to use like Office, G Suite, Quip, uh, Zoho. And then when we ask them, how do you allow people, because G Suite, Quip doesn't understand G Suite file formats. Right, how right. do you get those people to collaborate if a team from one you know, has to use a file from another or anything like that? And they said that they standardize it by making every team export everything to Office file format. Oh my God. So then you're just, yeah, yeah it's, the, it's, it's doing the opposite. And so thing, that's yeah. stifling, you know, that's like one roadblock that we see in this like, you know, web 3.0 block, you know, uh, distributed web that's coming uh, is that information is as much as the web is, you know, we're trying to, dis you know, uh, make it open. Information partly is still kind of held onto by uh, and, and kind of unlocked and, and, and held prison by these file formats from these previous uh, operating, uh, like, applications. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we are, like, the way we see our system is that information should be yours. You should have control access to it, be it a company, individual, whoever it is. And also, it should be free to move. So if one day you prefer Word, and then the other day you, you know, you're like, you know what, I'm tired of Microsoft Word. I want to try some new application that a developer has developed. It should be as easy as just saying, log into this new Word, Word processor and start, you know, pull in this paragraph and start editing. Right. It should not be, oh, I have to convert this, I have to, you know, all that. It's interesting because in that whole, like, you know, dichotomy people draw between uh, early stage ventures, agile companies, startups, whatever you want to call them, versus, you know, the big behemoth enterprise on the other end of the spectrum, and looking at kind of like these two cultures of, um, that I guess would take the values that they hold for context of information very differently, you know, uh, top-down hierarchies in or large organizations would typically, you know, want to own information and say that the, it's, it's the intellectual property of the organization. And so they need to protect that. And then, you know, agile companies will say, maybe that's true for them, but they want to liberate their team to be able to recontextualize information that's representative of a brand or a product position or whatever to run with, you know, innovation at 25 different levels in the yeah. organization. Um, so I definitely think this is the wave, or a you guys are at the cusp of something that's uh, been long time coming. Yeah, and and it's really interesting. What uh, other examples are you guys either internally working on or seeing if you have developer partners uh, working on for your platform, aside well, from this kind of file structure thing? Uh, well, I mean the other the other one I, you mentioned large enterprises. I wanted to touch a little bit on that. Is yeah, that yeah, go for it. Even uh, we've had conversations like Fortune, like. 10, Fortune 50 companies. And even they, uh, they, they're cognizant that what their human, like what the human capital they have creates as information within the company, uh, they don't know pretty much anything about it. Like they know that there's these things that are done all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it's stored in files, but they have no knowledge of who's creating what, who's, you know, like there's no business intelligence layer on top of it because it's, almost impossible computers and stuff yeah. yeah it's all almost impossible to build a business intelligence layer on top of file format you know trying to figure out what's happening yeah. and so the thing that 
came out of those conversations with larger companies. Just we went in there, just try to, you know, kind of tell them this is what we're planning on building. What do you guys think? How does this play with with large enterprises? And and it was a little surprising to us is that, you know, most of them told us like majority of their information that their you know uh, that their employees create, they have no idea, you know what you know it's on structure they have no idea what the heck is there yeah. so it's like they're just buying more and more storage just because their employees are creating creating more and more information yeah and only one percent of it is ever used in any decision making process yeah and so you have this unstructured information sitting yeah. you know on, on servers that no one ever uses no exactly and whether it's servers or whether it's the actual pcs that people are using yeah. typically pcs but like my personal experience at some of these like monolith companies has been uh, in seeing this lovely old school IT policy saying you know it's a very anti bring your own device it's like we will give you devices and that's a plus of the job yeah. but we own them and all of your work should be done on them and there's some sort of half thought culture saying if you ever leave the organization we can recall our devices and the data that's stored on them but what happens with those devices typically when they get recalled? Most of these companies don't have a means of even extracting data yeah. out of those devices. They either get, if they're a certain age of device, like someone I, f I believe earlier on our podcast a few episodes ago was 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 telling us about this story that like um, talking about uh, voting machines uh, and these voting machines. And you know, there's all this kerfuffle in the states about authenticity of data with the voting machines that have been used over the last couple cycles of elections. Uh, federal elections uh, is uh, is really interesting that like that kind of equipment typically is supposed to go to a third party vendor to be wiped if it's going to be reused uh, or even if it's going to be resold. But apparently on eBay, even today, you can go and buy a, a voting machine that we was used in the last par uh, not parliamentary. I'm sort of being Canadian here, but the last federal election, and it will have voter record data on it on eBay. You can buy that machine. Because the company wasn't subject that that was, you know, recycling these machines, quote unquote, was not subject to any regulations or uh, enforced regulations on how that data should be dealt with. And that yeah. same thing happens internally in companies where, you know, private sensitive data can be, you know, sold very easily by mistake uh, or recycled to a different employee or just trashed. And then that information is lost forever from the organization. Yeah, when I worked in banking, uh, quite a few times it's happened where you know the banker on the other side would send me a, an Excel file that's like oh my bad I sent you the wrong thing this is private <laughs> right. don't and I sometimes it's like I didn't even notice it until yeah. they sent me an email saying can you please delete my previous email because I sent you something that wasn't not, wasn't supposed to <laughs> yeah. so yeah. and then you know it kind of piques your curiosity You're like oh what's in there yeah <laughs> like oh oh <laughs> but yeah uh, no and that happens every day it happens all the time. And also it's about security as well, is that you know these uh, enclosed document formats are not necessarily secure because they can be uh, you know, pirated out of the operating systems or email servers and so on. So if the chunks of data that they comprise are secured through a blockchain technology, it's quite interesting, right? Because you could potentially like lock down access to snippets or whatever. You yeah, call and them. so that's for us. I mean, when you compare, you know, to files versus what we're building, is that information lives in what you call them snip snippets, uh, and so you can decide. So we're in a file and folder kind of formats. You have 
you can lock the entire file and then that causes friction because if you lock it to yourself, you don't have to have share passwords with everyone else that wants to access that file. And it might just want like one table out of, you right, know, or anything right. like that. And so with, with the way we're making management of information rather than files, uh, you can, you know, decide to have one table shared. Mm -hmm. And, you know, out of your entire, you know, sheet that has, you know, 20 other tables uh, or whatever else it is, you can decide to share just that one piece, that one snippet of information with, you know, uh, whoever wants to access them. And if you revoke the access, it, you know, they can't see it afterwards. Uh, so, you know, you have that full layer of permissioning around information and not around files and, and folders. It's around information. So who can edit, who can uh, view, who can, uh, uh, you know, like consume or, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. that information, you know, that's stored, that's stored in your account. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really interesting. So that's how we kind of view it. What other uh, what other apps are on your radar for this kind of platform, whether that you're developing or someone else could be or is? So we've had discussions, uh, you know, with different uh, developers. Uh, for us, we're going to focus on the platform, and then we will see how the ecosystem evolves yeah. uh, from you know what developers are developing. But we've had developers, you know, ask to integrate with uh, WordPress, uh, you know, so you can edit. Uh, people hate WordPress. Text editor is, you know. Yeah, they've just this week released the new, uh, what is it called? There's a whole WordPress, uh, the actual organization, Automatic, I guess, Yeah. pushed out um, a new editor that is uh, backwards compatible, but typically to be used for WordPress 15 on, onwards. But uh, yeah, it replaces the old text editor so CK editor and all these alternatives are redundant yeah. compared to this, and it's called the Gutenberg editor. Okay. And it's essentially a copycat of uh, Medium's uh, editing format. Oh, I see. So now you're talking about these snippets almost. It treats things as I think it calls them blocks, but yeah, you have like a block that could be an image gallery, a block that could be one image, a block that could be text, it could be a headline, and then you can reorder those things without having to rewrite the HTML yourself, essentially. Yeah. But again, it, it, all it is doing is writing HTML, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, encasing those and getting really good at encasing those chunks of data in um, tags that can be parsed. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're probably using CSS and ordered accordingly. I haven't dug too deeply into it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, so we've had you know developers that develop a lot of websites for like large corporations that are entirely word, uh, WordPress based. Mm -hmm. uh, that they are like. The organization, the people that are supposed to, you know, take ownership of this web website and update the content, and they still keep, you know, sometimes emailing us and saying, "Can you please upload this?" You know, and so you know they started charging them, but that's just an, an annoyance to of them. Of course, yeah. Uh, and so you know, the value prop would be to tell that organization, "Here it is in Word. You can pull it into Word, like that piece of copy, find it in, in inside source, pull it into Word, make ed all the edits you want, store it back." and your WordPress website updates. Well, yeah, uh, that makes sense absolutely as an app because there's, again, this almost a, a reiteration of conventional file structuring that has been replicated in the, uh, let's call it to Web 1.0 and Web 2.0, early Web 2.0 CMSs. Yeah. I mean, it's something from my experience, Drupal was very good at uh, disassociating, was that culture of saying, this encasement is a post. You know, WordPress speak is like, you've got posts and you've got pages, you can create custom content types, it's a new thing. 
uh, arduous without a plugin, but it wasn't like kind of baked into the platform with a GUI. Whereas Drupal was like, you can create anything to be anything, and it's all relational. Yeah. You know, a really interesting yeah. concept where anything's a quote unquote entity, and um, and I think that's where things need to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, and yeah, and for for us, it's. Uh, some you know it's all about that bringing that information to all those applications uh, yeah. that but allowing the users uh, you know the 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 to the average person to use the tools that they're familiar with right exactly. they should not have a learning curve a learning period to try to like you know just because you know the company decided to have some new CMS or some new software or anything like that uh, that learning curve, you know, because I th I forget that also it was an article where someone was talking about the you know the this spur and inf and fragmentation and productivity apps, you know, from Quip to Coda to uh, you know a bunch of other ones that are coming out like a pitch for uh, trying to replace replace uh, PowerPoint. Oh, okay. But he was saying that in his in his findings, uh, like what most people have said is that they'll try them out, they'll use them here and there, play with them, right. but when you know, push comes to shove and gets critical. They move back and go back to like what they're comfortable they with. Knows. Yeah, it's like people. I've seen this in so many shops that I've worked with, where people are like, you know, using Envision for prototyping of of app interfaces. Yeah. And then they've got a deadline, and they're like, "Screw it, I'm going to use Photoshop." And they're yeah. like, no, that's not even a vector. You know, like, <laughs> but it's the, whatever works for you. Yeah. Uh, is what uh, is what you should be able to use, and I guess this idea of like supporting, quote unquote, legacy, you know, software, yeah, uh, is only facilitated with a solution like yours. Yeah, and and yeah, it's not just yeah, it's supporting and then trying to bring them and bridge right into the new world, right? So allowing someone to store something from legacy software and then. Easily switch over to the new software, you know, it's just a new software interface yeah. for the yeah. For, that. for us, it's yeah. like a different browser. It's like yeah. essentially that's what we you know like to think about it. Uh, the new crop of apps as they're built on top of source, like SAPs, is that what you call them? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of DAPs, you know? <laughs> like SAPs. yeah. I mean, uh, I think I, I mean we still call them DAPs just because you know yeah. that's the standard term. Yeah. But the DAPs that, that would be built using source and other distributed tech uh, will you know will be able to kind of take full advantage of what we provide. Uh, and and you know right now there's obviously some struggle with legacy software where their APIs don't. Right. allow us to do everything that we would like to sure. uh, and we don't know where you know that legacy software is going to go with their APIs they might think that you know what we're doing is too disruptive to their business uh, f you know uh, plans and they might you know prevent uh, some of these integrations or the some web. of this access but on the other side if we can you know if we're spurring innovation and making you know content uh, you know, accessible across any kind of platform, and and you know, we turn word processors, spreadsheets into kind of brow of browsers of sorts. Then you know, I think you know, the the legacy software providers like the you know Office and will have to kind of adapt to that. Mm -hmm. uh, no, no, I think it's super interesting. Uh, it's also this idea of kind of being able to push data around to devices that otherwise are parts of the world or whatever that wouldn't otherwise have access to them. You know, there's there's lots of lots of meta implications of this stuff. Um, let's yeah. take a step back, and, and I'd love to hear the story of the company. Uh, well, the story of the company was essentially we had a previous startup where we were trying to solve some of 
some similar problems, but. Uh, and how did, so the Wii is the same team as currently? Uh, there was a different team, but you know, like uh, one mem uh, two members are different. But okay. uh, uh, and uh, we were trying to solve problem, but it was specific to you know financial uh, teams and how they worked. Uh, so it was project management and and those so type of things. This came from your experience working in finance. Yeah, like it was m actually it was a friend of mine uh, who was a co-founder in that company. Uh, he uh, he was an accountant. He was like. You know, look, we I work with you know creating financial reports in the you know all the time, okay. uh, and, and whatnot, and and so we he essentially was built around how do you make it easier for pro, you know for financial teams to create reports uh, and what they need, uh, and, but the one thing that kept uh, you know we came across I mean financial people they all use Office and it was all you know Microsoft technologies and all that kind of stuff, uh, but. It, it also limited a lot of the things that we could do. And, and, and ultimately, uh, we realized, you know, a couple of, uh, like, we realized that, you know, that just is not feasible. Like, it, it could be, we always wanted to just build these, you know, like, um, at least me. Like, I always wanted to solve big problems and big pains. And that just, I, it, I mean, we, I kind of lost interest, lost passion for it. Sure. Uh, and it was just something that we decided to, kind of move on from mm -hmm. uh, but it was around that time that I met uh, John and we started talking about distributed tech uh, and, and you know decentralized uh, technologies blockchain and all so that kind of stuff this was like January-ish of uh, 2018 yeah so this year has yeah. been the year of source for you. yeah yeah okay like we incorporated like couple of months uh, like not too far back so <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell us yeah, I don't know what it was incorporated a bit late there. <laughs> it's like uh, but uh, what's it called uh, yeah and so that's where kind of like our you know me Alex and Dave thinking about how we can just enable this interoperable information merged with his knowledge and thinking of distributed technologies uh, and, and then that's where we kind of had that mind meld of sorts of uh, where we're like, well, if we take that and information is, you know, interoperable and we merge it with, you know, distributed technologies, uh, that could be something really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, allow the entire world essentially to, you know, collaborate without having, like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, uh, people that live in other countries. It's like we think of Office or G Suite, oh, it's cheap, it's $5 a month. Five dollars a month expensive, is expensive to most of the world. Yeah, uh, and so you know, but what happens is you have this these almost elitist kind of views of like, well, I want you to send me something in a in a, in the file format that I care about in exactly. America. Right. And but that person over there is working on Open Office, and you know, and and so to them, five dollars, you know, uh, is you know a lot of money, and 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 so that also kind of like forms our thinking and our and how we you know. Uh, view what we're building is that it is to allow kind of like a a flat uh, kind of I don't even know what analogy to use but like a flat kind of organ like world essentially of information where if someone is in Africa and produces the content they should not be they should be valued for the content that they produce 
and the information like that, that they create for you because mm-hmm. you hire them to produce an article. You hire them to produce some analysis or whatever it is. Yeah. If it's a top-notch ana- like, you know, report, why does it matter that they're in Africa or why should you pay them less and you should just be like, oh, I'll pay you $5 for that. But someone in America is, you know, it should be based on, yeah. you know. You're liberating content. Your platform will liberate content from the constraints of, you know, dogmatic, uh, you know, uh, I guess structures of all types, right? Yeah. There's all sorts of like ownership structures, whether it's the encasement, te- technical encasement of content in file structures, uh, or the means of distributing content itself, uh, which is also kind of interesting. Yeah, so those are all like concepts that are evolving, and sure. we're just heads down focused on building the platform, and we will see where you know it evolves and, and so it'll to that end what does 2019 look like for you guys what's coming up in the next few months that, that for the platform for its rollout so right now we're focused on closing our round we're raising a round uh, and so that the goal is to close it in the next uh, uh, Q1 of 2019 uh, and then uh, this is just gonna be like a private round for angels or yeah, okay. angels the funds if, uh, if there's anyone listening to this that's interested in what we've been talking about and wants to participate in this round, you want to just uh, throw out a little how to contact you information? Oh, oh I, I, I mean, I thought you you would have that somewhere on your podcast information. We'll something, put it but in the link. But yeah, but uh, yeah, you can, they can contact me at addo at sourceapp.io is my email. Yeah. A-D-D-O at source at an app.io. And of course, reach out to us at Starwell and we can connect you with Addo and his team whenever you'd like, if you'd like. Um, you can sit down for a cappuccino here. Yeah. <laughs> at the Atrium uh, Cafe. Yeah, and then uh, beyond that, uh, we want to release the initial integrations uh, yeah. that we built for Office. Uh, that will also coincide sometimes in Q1, Q2, uh, early Q2, uh, with uh, two you know, kind of showcase to the world, to developers out there, what is possible with the interoperable platform that we're building uh, and have them, you know, start kind of, you know, understanding it uh, and, you know, get users on board and test the limitations of the platform and, and, you know, see how much, you know, we can handle. And the other part is to release our testnet uh, of the platform. Uh, That we don't have an exact date yet, uh, but it would coincide with the plans of having a token because uh, we we plan to you know have also we need a utility token because it's a it's a blockchain system so but that would be so people buying the token to use the software like people buying the so people won't necessarily have to buy the token directly if okay. uh, we've made it we're making it so that people that have you know existing email accounts they can just create an email account and tokens are assigned to their account oh okay uh, if they're paying, uh, if they want to pay for them, uh, if they know about the token, like for, that's the other thing for us. It's it's not like it's not about. Uh, it's about bringing blockchain to the masses. It's not about you know you know it's super techy thing and and we wanted to make it that if you never know have heard of distributed technologies and blockchain and everything IPFS and all that stuff, you never have to even like you'll never even come in contact with it. There's a wallet in the system, but it's in the admin panels. You can go there if you want to, you know, deposit tokens or take, you know, move tokens out. But if you're just an average person, you can just give us a credit card and we'll, you know, provision tokens into your account, into your wallet. And that's what we use to then know if you're paying for, 
you know, premium or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's based on the number of tokens that you have in there and that kind of stuff. Okay. So the average person, they can literally come with their Gmail account and say, I want to create an account and that's it. Right. Uh, or office account or whatever. The token becomes your internal means of uh, accounting for products and stuff. Yeah. And, and later we have other plans from like marketplaces and stuff like that where the tokens will act as the exchange medium. Sure. Uh, between developers developing on top of the platform or marketplace where, you know, people are exchanging inf the information, uh, you know, buying and selling content and all that kind of stuff or sharing it. Mm -hmm. uh, tokens will come into play as there as well. Interesting. That's really interesting, actually, because it's a whole different thing. Yeah, people marketing content. Well, I mean, it's 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 a lot of the distributed technologies. It's about enabling, uh, you know, the 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 the, the freelance economy, and uh, you know, to kind of not get gouged by like these twenty thirty percent uh, fees that that these centralized uh, marketplaces charge. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, everyone knows who they are, uh, and 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 for us, it's just you know, it's just an add-on. It's like you know, if you have, if you have your account and you have a paragraph or an article you've you've written, you can easily just say post it on this marketplace, and if someone says I want to buy, you can say it's free. You know, like an example I've given to people, like let's say in the startup space, we have uh, Y Combinator. You know. Uh, Y Combinator uh, safes. Mm -hmm. Y Combinator can, you know, post a safe in source. Every startup around the world can download into Google Docs, Office, Quip, whatever they want. Uh, if Y Com, you know, and it's free. So, you know, if Y Combinator makes updates, You'll always have the everyone will have everyone will have updates to, the, to those, you know, to the updates, and they'll be notified that Y Combinator has made updates. You can say, yeah, you know, save this as a new version, or you know, override the current version, all that kind of stuff. But you know, there'll be a layer on top of that uh, allowing, you know, for Y Combinators of the world or, or sorry, not Y Combinator, but like companies that want to charge for that type of content, for their content yeah. to also, you know, charge for it. Oh, totally, uh, yeah. No, that's an interesting example because that's one of those documents that like every, I mean, it changed the industry in many ways. Just Yeah, well, like just yesterday I was on the phone. The reason I thought of that example is because as we're going through raising around, Yesterday, I was on the phone with our lawyers, and they, he was like, oh, by the way, be careful, because Y Combinator has made some changes to their safes that makes it post-money rather than pre-money. What? Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Same as you. And I was like, I didn't know it even changed. So he's like, yeah, you, but be careful, because the investors might send it to you, which is, I mean, like, you as a founder, you're just worried about raising the ca capital. You might not even notice it in there. Sure. And and if our lawyers didn't, if my lawyer didn't tell me, I would have never noticed it. And but the investor might have, you know, given us the new safes that essentially say uh, that you know it's post money cap rather than pre money cap. Yeah, prime example of how you know the legal industry would love what source is working on for you know boilerplate and boilerplate boilerplate versioning, which everyone does. Yeah. Right. Your base kind of services like, oh, you want to incorporate a company? Okay, let's pull from our templates as X, Y, Z. Yeah, we we plan to work with our legal, like our lawyers uh, at Atrium, okay, uh, as well as our bankers at SVB to kind of figure out how we can make that work in the banking and the legal world, yeah, uh, better. Cool. And because and, and, you know they're because of the regulations and all that kind of stuff that exists in those industries, they're forced to use Office. Yeah, uh, but all of their clients 
pretty much exclusively use something else. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and for them, it's that frustration. And so once we are ready, you know, if it's as simple as just allowing the lawyers to share something and then the startup can open in Google Docs, right. you know, they'll be happy. But then beyond that, allowing the lawyers to edit stuff and then the startup just sees it update on their end without having to, you know, go find it in email and all this other kind of stuff, that, you know, that's like beyond it, right? So... It's interesting because I don't know enough about the topic matter for to, to explore deeply. It'll be another podcast because we'll yeah, you and to. I can talk all the time. But this it. whole <laughs> thing of smart contracts and the relevance for this technology, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. If you could kind of automate segments of this content in a document, yep, you could be you could have a smart X Y Z instead of a contract. It could be any type of document. That's you know. That's yet to be seen wh where this takes us, right? So very cool, very exciting, man. Uh, any last shout-outs in terms of what uh, organizationally you guys are looking for? Are you looking for any partnerships? Anyone who might be listening, uh, jobs? Are you hiring anything? Uh, we'll be hiring uh, once we close the round, and you know, so developers is all you know, all the people that we'll be hiring, primarily. Uh, that you know, they can. Uh, I mean, we haven't really posted any 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 job wise like that. Partnership wise, like we're we're kind of we uh, I mean we're kind of okay for now. Yeah, uh, just because you're in your stealth mode. And, yeah, and once you once and, and, really and it's not yeah, it's not just that. It's just that like we're we kind of early on like first half of the year we went heavy on trying to talk to a lot of people mm -hmm. and we realized we're getting pulled in so many different directions yeah. from legal wanting this account like so yeah. I mean and platform is kind of unifies it all because you know and informs you know what we are building mm -hmm. uh, and obviously it's always good to like but we want we needed to focus you know a little bit more on ourselves and stuff like listening to all the different uh, opinions or you should have this you have that blah blah and so we kind of for now are you know, we have the ones that we, we've had conversations with. I mentioned some of them. And, and you know, we're going to kind of keep just to those for now. Uh, but, you know, partnership-wise, we're always looking for, you know, other, uh, like, we'll be looking, you know, in the near future to kind of start expanding on that. But a lot of the partnerships that if, you know, we were to go down, like, uh, bring on any, any other kind of work is that for us, we're trying to, like, we're working on building a community around this interoperable idea yeah uh and so a lot of the on that side we have brett uh who's our uh you know chief you know strategy strategy officer and and he he you know part of the what he's you know what we're trying to do with growth is kind of like what hubspot did with like inbound.com mm -hmm. we're trying to build a community around interoperable and 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 what that means at the different la layers of software information blockchains and and, and people cool. uh and 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 so you know if anyone's interested in in kind of collaborating we we're working with a couple of uh firms or or organizations out of the bay area that will contribute to to it and those type of things but so we're looking to build just this massive community where anything and everything interoperable goes yeah. so whatever it is uh because that's what we are all about, right? To allow a creative to work in Photoshop while uh, the marketer is working in Google Docs and the marketer make ed can edit the, the, the copy of what the creative is designing in Photoshop and all those type of things is what we're all about. And uh, we, you know, so anyone that's interested in being part of that kind of community cool. and help us build it. And, and we'll follow up this episode with something new that I'm going to be launching. Uh, I haven't really told anyone about it yet, but... Uh, as of January, 
um, through next year, uh, Startwell will be doing these kind of um, like live demos. Uh, and we'll have a call-in number, and it's just a video conference session that we'll host in one of our meeting rooms here um, in 4K and just streamed online. People can tune in to watch and to interact with us. So it might be a good community development tool too. So we could put a call out ahead of it, maybe do another session once you guys are ready to talk more and show your stuff off Q1, Q2. Yep. Uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll, for anyone listening that's interested, you know, stay in touch. Uh, we'll push something out through our newsletter and on the website, just letting people know when that session comes up and definitely join us and, you know, that might be a jump off point for some people. to. Yeah, looking forward to, to that and showing what we've been cooking. Wicked. In the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Uh, well, as always, it was a pleasure to sit down and chat. Likewise. And uh, again, your email's in this. We'll put it in the, uh, the link and we'll put some links to your website and uh, some places for people to sign up for the Wicked, uh, you know, interoperability newsletter, I think. Is yep. that the new title? Interoperable. Weekly. There you go. It's weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.